Well, what a show. I got to speak with somebody who I've admired for a few decades, in fact, his uh, creativity and his humor, uh, Joel Hodgson, most famous for Mystery Science Theater 3000, and he'll be joining in just a moment. And we're being joined by former guest and St. Helena's mailman of legend, Gordy Adams, big fan of Mystery Science Theater 3000 as well. So you'll hear our conversation, and then when Joel has to go, we'll just continue on being joined by uh, Robert Barr, who is the editor of this very show, joining us from Hollywood, California, another fan of Mystery Science Theater 3000. So we just kind of talk about Joel and um, how much we admire him (laughs) and uh, turn it into a bit of a fan discussion. So in the meantime, before we get to that, I would love to see you over at Judd's Hill. Uh, We're open daily by appointment. Visiting information is at www.judshill.com. And uh, while you're online, you can, well, you can look at the visiting information. You can see some of our quirky videos. You can put some wine in your shopping cart. We've got uh, all sorts of delicious, small lot, handcrafted wines, and uh, they're available to you. And just for being a loyal listener Type in coupon code JNVS in lowercase letters, and that stands for Judd's Napa Valley Show. Type that into the coupon code section, and we'll give you 15% off your entire wine order. If you want a better deal than that, join our wine club. You can do it any time of day or night via the website, or call, or come in and join. Taste some wines, and we'll guarantee, as a member of our wine club, good times, fine wines, amongst the verdant vines of Napa Valley. You get to Get all the wine sent to you or pick up at the winery at one of our famous wine club pickup parties. We'll have other events throughout the year, either at the winery or perhaps even in your own town. And you can join us on one of our fabulous wine cruises. This coming year, we're sailing from Barcelona to Rome along the Mediterranean. We'll have beautiful wine adventures, culinary adventures, historical adventures. We'll see beautiful places and it's just gonna be fabulous. Join us for the adventure. And with all that said, Here we go with Joel Hodgson. Judd's Napa Valley Show. Every episode, a veritable cornucopia of Finkel fun. Get ready for another heap full of fascinating things to know from witty and intriguing people on Judd's Napa Valley Show. No stale script and no rehearsing, live from a Napa studio. You may be that intriguing person on Judd's Napa Valley Show, on Judd's Napa Valley Show, Judd's Napa, Judd's Napa Valley, Judd's Napa Valley Show. And now, live from Wind Down Media Studios at South Napa Century Center, it's Judd's Napa Valley Show. I'm Lauren Mole, and here's your host, John Finkelstein. Good morning, Mr. Lauren Mole, and how are you this beautiful Napa Valley day? I'm doing fine. Just top of the day to you, sir. Top of the day. What is new in the world of Lauren Mole? There's always something exciting, something interesting, something a bit intriguing. What is it now? Well, I'm happy to say that I just got an, another new non-paid announcer position here at KVON. <laughs> yeah. Starting this year, exactly 24 hours after this show, 9 a.m. on Wednesday mornings, You will now hear me as the announcer on All Things Napa with Lee W. Miller. Well, that's very exciting. So when when did this when did this begin, and what uh, what can we expect? Uh, Well, Lee first met me uh, November 2018 uh, at Napa Valley TV when he filled in for Doris Gentry, and he was nice enough to let me play Judd 
the best prank in public access TV history. <laughs> Should I even ask? I must. I mean, you brought it up and our listeners demand to know what was the best prank in Napa. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're saying you pulled the best prank in Napa TV history? I did. I don't know if you recall. We pulled a pretty good one a few years ago, but let, let's hear yours and we'll see. I'll be the judge of that. Okay. If your prank with him was better than your prank with me. Uh, well, and <laughs> I didn't mean well, to fluster you. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. What well, was the in prank? In this case, uh, this time, when Lee filled in for Doris, he made me introduce him as Doris Gentry. As Doris. And how did he come out? What was his shtick? I'm not Doris Gentry. What's going on here? Oh, that's it? They yeah. didn't. He didn't take it any further? Didn't take it any further. He didn't come out as Doris? and No. He said, if you tuned in tonight to see Doris, well, we fooled you. Oh, I see. I see. So okay, well. That's how we first met each other. And he, he liked uh, what I did. And well, was, who doesn't like what you do? I mean, I, that's you're here because I like what you do, and a lot of people like what you do. And just this morning, uh, coming in, uh, Supervisor Wagon Connect was on his way out, and was like, I like what you do, kid. I mean, he didn't quite say it like that, but uh, he was happy to see you. Everybody knows and likes Lauren. Thanks. And Lee was nice enough to ask me uh, on Facebook if I'd be the announcer on his show. Great, man. Your career... As um, as an announcer is certainly a skyrocketing, and hopefully you can negotiate some pay one of these days. Don't look at me; I don't know how to do that myself, but uh, I'm excited for you. Do you recall the the prank that we pulled? I do. The September Fool's Day. Yes. That uh, holiday you made up on the spot. Yes. Would you like to explain, or shall I? Uh, you know what, Judd? It's your show. You explain. <laughs> this was a few years ago at this point, but we were you were the announcer on the uh, the RD party show yes uh, under the title the napa show the napa show ex- you're right explain, as you're it was right. back then on napa tv and i was a guest and we came up with this plan where i put on a nice button-down shirt as you would always wear on the show and a tie and i stood at the microphone with the script and i introduced the show and i even said you know i'm lauren mole and uh here's our next guest judd Finkelstein. Is that even is it Finkelstein or Finkelstein? Finkelstein. Finkelstein. Okay, so it said Judd Finkelstein. And you came out wearing a Hawaiian shirt and my big uh, thick black glasses with a ukulele. As me. Hilarity ensued. Uh, it did. Okay, so I see a theme. I, <laughs> you don't seem to be remembering it as fondly as I am. I'm getting kind of a blank stare back, but that's okay. I thought it was pretty fun. I thought it got some, um, well, it did get some good laughs in the studio and hopefully the uh, audience at home too. We didn't let it go on too long. We, we clued Artie in that actually you, now I'm confused. Actually, I was me and you were not who we thought I, you could have been, Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> now, who knows? What else is happening? Anything? Well, I was originally supposed to emcee uh, yesterday's Martin Luther King Day concert at the Springs with uh, Napa Valley Voices led by Cindy Skinner. Yeah. But unfortunately, I had to work. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. And two other uh, courtesy clerks in Knob Hill called out sick, so they asked me to stay overtime. Oh. Until 10 o'clock. Okay, well. At night. Thank you and for I your happily s- obliged. Thank you for your service. I'm glad you got a little overtime in there. Your paycheck will be a little fatter next time. And it was a lovely Martin Luther King Day weekend here in Napa Valley with all kinds of activities. I participated in the day of service yesterday over at the St. John's Parish Hall, which was really cool. They had some youth-oriented, not just youth, it was, I mean, anybody could come. We were there with the Be Kind kids leading some kindness rock painting 
And hopefully we'll see some of those uh, show up around town, hidden with messages of kindness and compassion. And hopefully some photos will be posted at uh, Napa Valley Rocks. It was just really nice. There were so many groups there that take positive action in our community. And there were lots of kids, some Girl Scout troops. There were a lot of adults as well. Just there, there was a Operation with Love from Home was there. Which I'm also involved in. I know you are. So I figured you'd be excited to hear about that. Just nice to see people out thinking about improving not only the lives of folks in our community and the quality of life, but out in the world as well. It was very heartening. Well, that's good. Yeah, I I, I, I tend Glad to agree. Glad to hear that. I agree. I agree. So, uh, Judd, who do we got today on oh, the show? Oh, oh, we're, get, we're, we're getting that. I, I I just want to mention, if oh, I could. Uh, yes, yeah, go ahead. I hear you got some fun events coming up. I, that's true. Thanks for asking. That's what I wanted to mention. You know, coming up very soon at the winery is our famous Valentine's party. It's a little bit before the actual holiday, so it'll get you in the mood for Valentine's Day. I like that. Yeah, Sunday. February 9th at Judd's Hill Winery, located at the south end of the Silverado Trail among the verdant vines of Napa Valley. The verdant vines of Napa Valley. Let me say that one more time. The verdant vines of Napa Valley. That'll be Sunday, February 9th from noon to 2.30. If you are a member of our Judd's Hill Wine Club, it doesn't cost anything to attend and you get to pick up the wine that we would normally ship. You save on shipping by coming to this party. And the charitable beneficiary this time around, all of our events have a charitable bit. Take your time, John. Aye, aye, aye. I, uh, where are those donuts? I think I need a sugar rush. Yeah, all of I'm our... trying to cut back on sugar <laughs> for a while, John. <laughs> all of our events do have a charitable beneficiary. And uh, this one, since, it, since February will be National Random Acts of Kindness Month, it will be Be Kind Napa. So you can come out, get a Be Kind button, say hi to the Be Kind uh, Kindness kids, have some wine, have uh, all kinds of fun Sunday, February 9th. Details are at judshill.com, and you can RSVP, you can join the wine club, you can find out about our cruise coming up this summer, which oh, is... that's right. Yes, the Mediterranean, Barcelona to Rome from July 9th through 16th, and there is a special being run right now, I am told. If you book a... Uh, I should have written it down. If you book an ocean view room you'll be upgraded to a terrace, which means a little balcony. You can sit outside and uh, enjoy the Mediterranean uh, sights as they go by on our ship. Lots of fun, wine, food, beauty, historical places. I hope you'll look and uh, join us. The, all the information is also at judshill.com. Just click on events and we'll have fun together. I like that. Yeah. Okay, so Chad, now if I may ask, who do you got on the show today? Because I don't have a rhyming intro in front of me here on this beautiful new wooden table we no. got since we, uh, when we moved here. And there's nobody sitting here with us. It's just you and me. Yeah. Which is not a bad thing. I enjoy our rapport. But what happened, we got an opportunity a few days ago to have a phone call. So this next guest is coming to us via phone, and it was pre-recorded. I'll set it up. One of um, my favorite comedians is a little kid. I mean, maybe around 11, 12 is when I first uh, discovered him on Saturday Night Live and then subsequently on many appearances on uh, David Letterman, Late Night with David Letterman. You mean on NBC? Correct. Correct. He appeared a few times on Saturday Night Live, not as a cast member, but as a featured uh, comedian. And then a David Letterman show. A fellow named Joel Hodgson, very creative guy. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit later. But he went on then to create a show called Mystery Science Theater 3000, of which I was a fan. I guess, you know, I'll, I'll give the premise of the show and then we'll get into this. So the premise of Mystery Science Theater 3000 
And you know that I'm a film buff, and every Halloween, Kelly Doran comes in here and we talk oh, yeah. about you know, scary movies, and we both kind of share a love of what we call B-grade, C-grade, or even D-grade movies. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Precisely. Movies that I probably wouldn't sit through on my own, but when you watch with a, an audience, it's fun to uh, enjoy their corniness and uh, goof on them a little bit. So this show, Mystery Science Theater 3000, is kind of, that, that's, what, that's what they do. It's an appreciation of these films, but they, uh, they have some fun with them. And the premise of the show is that there is this fellow, and he has been imprisoned, trapped on a satellite orbiting out in space by an evil scientist, and he is forced to watch these quote-unquote bad movies. That, that is what he is forced to do on this satellite. Oh. So what he does is he creates these robot companions so he's not lonely, and they do some comedic bits, he, uh, Joel and the robots, and then they get forced to watch these movies, and Joel and the robots throughout the movie are commenting, and it's hilarious. They're goofing on the movies as they go. And what I like about it is that they goof, but they're also appreciating them. So they, they can find the good in these turkeys as well. That's Mystery Science Theater 3000. I was very excited to have the chance to call uh, Joel Hodgson, the creator of the show, who is on tour right now with the show. They're doing a live version. And I should mention, they're coming through the Bay Area, actually. Tonight, they're in Folsom, and then they're going to be in San Francisco, San Jose. You can see uh, the tour dates at MST3K. That's the number three, and then K, live. MST3KLive.com, Mystery Science Theater 3K, 3000live.com. So I, I, it was really fun to be able to talk to him since I've enjoyed his comedy since I was a little kid, and I've enjoyed Mystery Science 3000, and, um, and he wanted to talk. So this is a pre-recording. I'm just saying that out loud because I think there might be mention of some timely things that might not, uh, you know, that might be moot now, but so just be aware of that. And uh, fingers crossed that uh, <laughs> this all works. I hope, and I'll hope that all goes well. And we're going to give it a listen now. Oh, by the way. If you recall, Lauren and some of our listeners, a little while back, we had iconic St. Helena mailman Gordy Adams on the show as a guest. From the Wiki Wiki Grog Shop. Indeed, he joined us at the Super Secret Tiki Bar here in Napa. And that was a fun show. Yeah, and he, he is a huge fan of Mystery Science Theater 3000, so he was on the call as well. This is, this is it. Shall we listen? Sure. Here we go. All right, Joel. As a longtime fan of your comedy, I'm excited to come see you during your Northern California tour of Mystery Science Theater 3000 Live, the great cheesy movie circus tour. And tell us what folks can expect. They know you from TV. How's the live, what's the live experience like? Oh, yeah. Well, listen, it, the format's the same as the show. There's a mad scientist that's sending us a terrible movie, and I'm there with the robots, and it's kind of reprising the show that I used to work on, you know, I was the first host of the show. There's been two since then. So I want to be really clear about that. Um, Mike Nelson came after me and then uh, Jonah Ray was after Mike who's, and Jonah's on the Netflix series. It's the same format that's been going for off and on for 30 years. And we run a a cheesy movie and um, (laughs) we sit through it with the audience and we riff during the, during the movie. So it's kind of that's the coloring book version of what happens. And it's also a lot to do with, you know, what's really different is you're usually in the room with about 1200 other people. So it's a really different experience live. But I always I, I actually feel like it's a superior experience to um, the TV show. 
It sounds a lot of fun to me. I'm a big fan of what someone called, you know, B movies, the kind of movies you feature. Yet I would never really sit down to watch them on my own. I love the energy you get with people in the room reacting to the corniness or the bad special effects or the ill thought out editing. And, and that's what I've always admired about what you do and what you started. You bring that experience to the folks who, who can't make it out and be a part of the group. But now you're coming to them to literally be part of it. And I'm sorry, I got distracted. I can't, I'm totally, I'm totally getting the gist of it. Yeah, yeah me too. Yeah. I'm totally, totally. I'm totally getting the gist of it. So I can answer that. Um, yeah. I mean, we, again, um, the really simple way of looking at it is we're companions as you watch a movie. And so we don't focus too much on how bad the movie is. That's, again, what I would, when I describe it that way, it's the coloring book version for people who don't know what it is. So I appreciate that. But movie riffing works with any movie. And it's not really just bad movies, but we could do it with anything. It's just that we have to license the movies. And, you know, people, you have to pay for that. And so we can't, we can't riff a movie live with an audience, like, for example, the latest Star Wars, because you'd have to do a license fee. And I don't think we can do that. So anyway, uh, what we do is you kind of, it's, it's based on so many things. And it's really a springboard for the comics who are the writers, like we have 10 writers on on an average mystery science theater, we have about 10 writers who submit about 7,000 riffs. And then we, you know, whittle that down to about 700 riffs per show. And that's what you're kind of getting is this movie that's running and then this accompanying commentary that goes with it. That's based on all manner of things. Because if we just pointed out what was wrong with the movies, we'd be done like in in three minutes. <laughs> right. So there's not yeah. that much material to come from going, I can see the boom mic. Yeah. I can see the zipper on the suit of the monster. So it's like stuff like that. So it's it, I, I, the way I, yeah, it's the way Jonah Ray, who's the new host of the show on the Netflix series calls it is we dance with the movies basically. And so the movies are there and it has this negative space that we kind of fill with our ideas and our commentary. But I think people think it might be negative and it's really not. I don't think we'd be in business for 30 years if we were negative. So it's kind of, it's very dimensional, I guess. My feeling is, as we do all manner of jokes. You know, I usually come away appreciating the movie more, even though we've spent a lot of time joking about them and hearing your, uh, your riffs. I, I come away liking the movie. It's something I would have never given thought to oh. before. I, I now like it. Well, that's uh, Stockholm Syndrome is what you described <laughs> it. Yeah. Yeah. You've kept me captured and uh, brainwashed um, me. Right. There's a late night and, horror I'm loving your captor. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. So to me, so, so anyway, um, that happens to us too as we work with these films because we have to spend so much time with them. You know, some cases, when we did uh, Reptilicus for Netflix, that was the first movie we did. And I had to watch the movie almost 100 times oh. from the time oh, we started writing. Yeah, from the time we started writing to the time we got through post, it was the pilot episode, and we figured out all our processes that way. And so 
you really get to know these movies and you really get to, there's a lot of adorable moments that happen. And that's my take on these movies is they're all adorable. They're movies that like somebody like a, they're almost like orphan movies that you'd never see normally. And we just kind of find them and brush them off and look at them again. Mm -hmm. And so it totally tracks with your observation that you could like them because there's great moments in every movie. I think um, that's what happens to me when I'm writing them and working on them is there's just these, these, these things that happen, whether they're by design or not that you love. And so I think that's true about these movies. I would totally agree with you that, my my goal is too. Yeah, it's like fun, but we're not. We're. I think people misunderstand us when they think bad movies are wrong. They've made an error. We must point that out. Mm. Only good movies are good, and we agree on that, correct? And it's. I don't really think it's that way. It's like uh, it's just viewing them with an ironic uh, eye. I think sometimes. Uh, you you certainly mastered that, and that. I think that attitude, it seems to me you've had kind of from the beginning, from when I became aware of you back in your uh, Saturday Night Live, David Letterman days, there was this great sense of, you know, irony, satire, presenting Absurdity. things in a serious way, but but showing the ridiculousness of it all. Hmm. Well, I think... When I was doing my stand-up, it was more, it was really about pop culture items and kind of, I, I, I was kind of like a, a pop culture archaeologist where I was holding up things and kind of talking about them. And, and, the, and it was like mystery science theater in that I was holding them up and we were, the audience and I were both looking at them mm -hmm. and talking about them. So that really led um, to mystery science theater in that in a big way, we're doing the same thing. We're holding up a movie and having a conversation about it. So it, it kind of, it kind of was analogous to my standup. I think that's kind of how I look at it. It was, if you look at my left hand holding up something and looking at it as the equivalent of running a movie over my left shoulder and mm. with a couple of robots and talking about it. Well, it makes a lot of sense. I know you're pressed for time. There's about a million things I could ask you about. Is there anything you want to to get out there uh, to include in this? Yeah, um, I I think you know it's Napa is a really interesting part of the country, and just because so many there's so much in the history of of American cinema that kind of happened took place there. Like I always think of like. Maybe I'm getting it wrong. Like American Graffiti, is my mind was kind of from around there. Am I getting Santa, that right? Santa, yeah, that's Santa Rosa. That's over the over the hill from Saint Helena, about forty minutes away. That's yeah, uh, yes. Sonoma County. Yeah, but Francis so Ford Coppola lives in Napa Valley, so there's that. Yeah, yeah. So I always think of this profound time in American cinema when Coppola and, and Lucas and all those all that stuff was kind of happening and it, it's always had a really soft spot for me as a place, but every place I go and I mean, this is my farewell tour. So it, I did it deliberately and it's a really long tour. We're doing almost a hundred stops. Wow. And I really it's just wanted amazing. to, I wanted to meet everybody and kind of see it's like every, every town you land in, like I'm in Bremerton, uh, in 
Bremerton, Washington tonight. And I've never been here and I've never been to this theater and it's going to get filled with a bunch of mystery science theater fans and I'm going to get to meet them. And you know how people in the Pacific Northwest are kind of slightly different. There's a style (laughs) to it and a behavior (laughs) and same with Napa. And then if you start drifting down the coast, there's Southern California and you it's like it's really fun to to meet these people who are kind of from different places and they all kind of like MST and I that's what I've gotten to see we've been on this tour so far we've been along the east coast uh down through Florida we've done a a, a good patch of the midwest and now this we just took a break for christmas and now we're doing the west coast and so it's kind of really lovely for me to get to meet these people, meet them and say goodbye as far as me being able to come out on the road. And it's just a chance to kind of check in with them and, and talk a little bit, you know? And, and so I really love it and I'm, I'm appreciating it really a lot because it is my last one. So I'm really grateful and um, I can't wait to be in Napa. I think it'll be super cool. Yeah, well, I invite you to come by the winery anytime. I'd love to show you our piece of wine country. And and how great it must feel. You just referred to yourself a few moments ago as a pop culture observer with your stand-up. And now you're, you're pretty well fully ingrained in yeah. American pop culture. Oh, yeah, yeah it, it ate me. <laughs> pop culture, pop culture has, then, has pulled me into itself. And then uh, now we're going to see just how I get out of it. Well, you can invent something to get yourself out of it. I'm sure some <laughs> yeah, sort of exactly. some pulleys or rollers or something you'll be able to figure it out. Well, let me, I just want to say one thing, which is, I think you, you, you brought up, I'm going to quote yourself to you, but to me, it's yeah. about the whole tour is that uh, you uh, watch the, this is MST 3k, like the documentary in the, in the mid nineties, maybe. And, and you said, yeah. You you never cared who got it. You just cared that the right people got it. And I think that's why you have this following that you have is, is everybody shows up because they're like, yeah, yeah. we're all it's, it's, a, it's a community. It's a team. Not everybody gets it. And that's that's kind of cool. That no not, that not everybody gets it. I you, agree. I, yeah, I agree. I feel really lucky. And um we just hit at this perfect time in history where it was kind of like cable was really just starting. And a lot of the people that found MST, they really found it on their own because we were, we're in this new, the new land, which was basic cable, you know, and we were on comedy central and the kids whose dad bought the good cable package found MST. And we just didn't know. I always thought it was like for college kids and college kids were watching it, but also these 12 year olds were watching it. Right, and sending letters. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, sh- and and recording it and sending it to their friends on UH- VHF's tape. And we just didn't know what was happening. And then when we brought it back and did our Kickstarter, which was like almost five years ago, we just, we, we were kind of right that those people were still out there and wanted yeah. to bring it back. And and that's an ongoing thing now for us is just who are these people? What do they want? How can we work? How can we collaborate and keep collaborating with them to make new stuff? And this tour is kind of a, a chance for me to meet people 
talk to them and even ask, sometimes I just ask the audience, where do you want this to go? What's next? You know? So we're really, that's part of my survey of just going around is just saying, what's our next move? What would you like? And what do I want to have happen? You know? And your new cast is very young. So obviously they did, they maybe have grown up with it and comedy became part of their life because of you. And now they're hanging out with you. That must be pretty cool. For both yeah. Of you. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm really grateful for it. I mean, uh, for example, uh, Elliot Kalin, our head writer. And uh, I mean, he's a guy who had that same experience and, he, he then went on to be the head writer for The Daily Show uh, when Jon Stewart was there. Wow. And so we got to take advantage of all his experience. But underneath, embedded in there was this 12-year-old kid who had a good experience with Mystery Science Theater. Mm. And so we got to do that. And that happens over and over again. Our, our, our cast that's on tour, we cast them in New York. Like, the other people couldn't come out. They all got busy we cast these new people and I just cast them because they were the best at what they did. And turns out they're all diehard MST fans. So it keeps happening over and over. And uh, I'm, I'm again, very, uh, very glad about that. I feel really lucky about that. Well, congrats. You know, you mentioned what's the next step and I don't know if you have any inkling you can share or you're not sure yet, but I think whatever, Whatever it is, you're going to have a great following for it. It was, it was, um, what is the quote? I wrote it down here. Here it is. In your episode with Jerry Seinfeld on comedians and cars getting coffee, he called you a cultural visionary. And I think he was right on the mark. <laughs> well, that guy's the best. And uh, I really appreciate that. But yeah, I'll take any, I'll take that for sure. That's a really nice compliment. Ah, well, I think he was right on the mark, and I didn't realize how far back you guys went, but uh, I, it it was it was cool. It, it it showed in that episode what a nice relationship you seem to have had for such a long time, and the respect. Oh uh, yeah, the guy. Had. Yeah, the guy is a huge influence on me, and always he's always been so great to me. So um, yeah, I just was uh, I really loved getting to do that, and he's hilarious and that's what it's like hanging out with him you know basically great hey you guys i gotta gotta jump uh i gotta get in back in rehearsal but thank you so much and looking forward to you you so much thank you yeah all right thanks joel all right bye bye. see ya bye see ya Bye. bye and that was an interview with uh a chat as it were with joel hodgson comedian and and creator original host of mystery science theater 3000 and Lauren, if you're looking for something to do in the next uh, week or so, there he's coming to the Bay Area. And you can see a live presentation of Mystery Science Theater 3000 by checking out mst3klive.com. The whole schedule's there. And if you just want to find out more about the show, Mystery Science Theater 3000, that's just mst3k.com. How about that? Wow, that, that was an impressive interview, Judd. Well, good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I've been a fan for a long time, and I'm going to talk about that in a few. And we're going to get another fan on the phone after this break. What do you say? Let's let's take a few moments to gather ourselves, and we'll come back and, and talk some more about uh, cheesy movies and the influence of Mystery Science Theater 3000 and Joel Hodgson. This is Judd's Napa Valley Show on KVON. We'll be back after these messages. Everyone's a Fingal friend on Judd's Napa Valley Show. Judd's Napa Valley Show. Judd's Napa Valley Show. Judd's Napa 
Would you like to hear more past episodes of Judd's Napa Valley Show? Go to Judd'sHill.com. Under Expressions, click Radio Show and subscribe to our podcast. Listen anytime, day or night, anywhere in the world. Now, back to the show. <laughs> Thanks, Lauren. Sure to appreciate that. We uh, Before the break, we heard a little phone chat that we recorded uh, with Joel Hodgson, the comedian and creator of Mystery Science Theater 3000. He's on a live tour right now uh, coming to the Bay Area in the very near future. So mst3klive.com will tell you all the dates. It's going to be a lot of fun. Joining us now, by the way, and this is a first for this studio. This is the very first time. You look like you want to say something about that, Lauren. Your eyes are are lit up. You got a big smile. I can see your teeth. You're salivating to say something. Go for it. It's a Judd's Napa Valley Show exclusive. That's right. This is our very first time taking a call on the air, and fingers are crossed. Since I we got moved this here. all set. Since well, yes, yeah, since we moved to the new studios, there's a little bit of a different way to set it up. So here we go. I'm about to push the button, and when I do, when I push this button right there, you see that button I'm pointing? Oh, I pushed it. It's he. He might be there. Are you there? Is this thing on? Is this thing on? I don't know if it's coming through or not. I can't even tell if it's coming through. I think you are on the air. I'm going to pot you up there. Yes, I hear. This, by the way, folks, this is Robert Barr. He is not only the editor of this very show. He's the one that uh, takes the files and edits them and cleans them up and gets them ready for podcast uh, posting. He also happens to be a major fan of Mystery Science Theater 3000, and he's joining us all the way from Hollywood, California, to talk about, uh, to kind of finish up this uh, conversation. So I'm hoping to hear from you, uh, Bob, about your thoughts. Good morning, Lauren, from Hollywood, California. Okay, I can hear you. And uh, I've got you potted up, so be sure to talk right into that phone. And Mm. let's talk. You, um, Well, in the world annals of first, I think we hit an iceberg, because if you can hear me, I do not hear the audio coming from you. You can't hear me at all. What if I do this? Can you hear me? Okay, so we're kind of having a speakerphone uh, hybrid type thing. So hopefully this will turn out all right. Now, Bob, uh, as you act as our producer on this show, you were, um, well, at least for this segment, you, you made the connection from Mystery Science Theater 3000. You called up and said, they're coming to the Bay Area. I think they would uh, love to be on your show. Can I reach out to them? And I, as a fan, I said, of course. And you did, and you made it happen. So I want to thank you very much for that. Oh, yeah, our, our producer, Gil Lamar. Judd's Napa Valley Show is a Gil Lamar production. That's right. Yes. You know, way back in the day, you know, Gil turned, you know, turned me on to you and turned me on to that you needed some producing slash editing help with the, with the uh, podcast and the radio show, and I'm more than happy to do that. And uh, Gil, if you're listening, I've got five years of checks that are still bouncing, so can you, like, update the payment system? <laughs> Gil, that's funny. Gil, uh, you haven't gotten a check from him in a while either. Yeah, it's, it's really strange, but you know, he, I saw him at the Derby, and he was going to pay the. He said he was going to pay the bill. Said he had to step out for a second, and five hours later, I was still there, and he hadn't showed up back. So it's, it's Gil. All right, but that's enough about Gil. We don't want to give him all this free publicity if he's not paying folks. <laughs> so let's talk about your love of mystery science theater and how you got into it, and uh, and, and it was. Go ahead. Well, you know, it, it, I've always been a fan. I had to go back and read up on it. But, you know, the NBC Mystery Movie originally started back in 
McLeod, Colombo, McMillan, and White. And that's what we're talking about, right? <laughs> Mystery Science Theater 3000. Oh. Joel Hodgson. <laughs> right, yeah, Joel. Um, yeah, Joel's cool. So it's, it's Bob. Really, you know, the first time I ran into it, you know, I was listening to the interview again, and Joel mentioned that, or I guess in his mind, the original target audience, of course, was like college kids, which is perfect, because that's where I was at that time. And the first time I ran into it, I was actually turned on to the show by a friend of mine who just his favorite thing in the world to do was to have, you know, a big barbecue fest with 24 packs of beer. And I think we were about 16 beers into this program. And I'm like, what is this? And all I remember seeing originally was just the silhouette of being in a theater and it's this horrible movie on the TV on Comedy Central. And these wise cracking And I was totally hooked. I was like, wow, this, this show is unbelievably funny with all these different references. And it, it just appealed to me all the way around. And I've been a huge fan ever since. Well, we're very happy that you are because you were able to set yeah. this up. And uh, So what else can I tell you about that? Well, it was in Alaska. <laughs> you are from Alaska. And I remember when I worked in radio, the, uh, the first live tour that they were doing, I, I came across it in some PR stuff. And I was going to Arizona State at the time. And they were doing these live uh, appearances with the robots. I was like, oh, my God, it'd be so cool to get them to Arizona State. And but by the time I found out about it, it was way too late. And they had to, you know, they appeared down at the U of A, which is, in case anyone doesn't know, it's a rival school day issue. And I was like, oh, so frustrating. (laughs) Yeah. But last year, I was able to actually see them live, uh, the MST3K version, for the first time I went with my kids. And they came to L.A. and they did the, strangely enough, it was a 30th anniversary MST3K Live. And it was so much fun. It was Joel and the current host, Jonah Ray, who goes, the character's name is Jonah Heston. And they did this kind of audience involvement gag where the, the, the two teams were split in two. There was Joel on one side, Jonah on the other. And they had scoring and then whoever had the best riffs or the most riffs or it was all over the place, but it was so much fun. The live experience, like Joel mentioned in his interview, was just through the roof. Uh, I, I can't wait to go back again. But I hope they come to L.A. Love to see the there. Well, you can take a look at MST3KLive.com. They're coming to the Bay Area. I'm going I'm to hit one of the shows coming up soon. And, you know, I'm not sure if we've um, talked about what an, what an influence – even pre-Mystery Science Theater 3000, but Joel Hodgson and his comedy. When I first saw him on Saturday Night Live and then subsequently on David Letterman around 1983, 84 in there, I was absolutely taken aback. I mean, I hit the floor. I'd never seen anybody like him. He came out. He didn't pander the audience. He was very deadpan. He came out as a spy in like a white tuxedo dinner jacket, and he had all these bizarre inventions that he would show off and play with and use elements of magic. And as a kid who was into magic and sight gags, I thought this was the the greatest, the second coming almost. I mean, it was just incredible. He had, he had a bit that I, I don't want to say it changed my life. That might be a little dramatic, but it helped me immensely. I was influenced greatly by a bit he did where he took the old 
Milton Bradley board game called Mystery Date. It was a uh, you know from the early '60s, marketed towards uh, preteen teen girls about finding a mystery date. Would the date be a dream or a dud? And it had this theme song. You can look it up on YouTube. Uh, they have the commercials for Mystery Date, and it was like Mystery Date. Are you ready for your mystery date? Something, something. Will it be a dream? or a dud. And Joel did a fun bit with that. Well, I saw this as a sixth or seventh grader and I thought, well, that gives me an idea. And I promptly went out onto the uh, schoolyard, maybe even the next, uh, you know, the next week, probably saw it on a Saturday night. And on Monday I was out there and I would collect some unusual items from different kids' lunches and put them in a big paper bag and gathered everybody around, you know, stood up with my best game show announcer voice. Uh, too bad I didn't have Lauren at the time. <laughs> but I got up and said, all right, everybody, gather around. It's time to play Mystery Lunch. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, gathered a little crowd and uh, did the theme song as best I could. You know, Mystery Lunch, are you ready for your Mystery Lunch? And there were some other words in there. And then at the end, I, I would say, will it be yummy or yucky? And... <laughs> And I don't remember how I chose the, the contestants, but kids volunteered. And the only rule was they'd reach in blindly to this bag and whatever they touched first, they had to pull out and eat no matter what. <laughs> right. And it was all edible stuff. I mean, there, there was nothing poisonous or going to make you sick, but, but some strange things. There was, you know, ketchup packets, um, I remember there's something odd with bologna, although I don't remember exactly. It wasn't just your straight ahead bologna sandwich, but it grossed out a lot of kids. And we had, there was a guy, and this built, I did this more than once. Uh, you know, so each time there'd be a bigger and bigger crowd until it became like the thing to do at lunchtime at, uh, you know, RLS Middle School it was go see uh, Judd and his, uh, you know, mystery lunch game. And I, I'm grateful to Joel Hodgson for influencing me, inspiring me to do that because you know that's a that's an awkward time yeah. of life, and it's hard to connect with people. And I certainly felt that at that time. And this mystery lunch, it, it, it allowed me a moment to be an individual in a in a time of life when that's very hard to do, and get some laughs and get people around, and and it felt good. And it was fun. And I was not only, it didn't only feel good for me, but it felt good as somebody who naturally is inclined towards hospitality. I'm happy when other people are happy and making those other kids happy at that time made me happy. It was a great, a great cycle. I remember, well, how long did the show run when you did that? Oh, I have no idea. Was it every lunch was every lunch or it wasn't every single lunch, but, uh, you know, one, once or twice a week. There was a kid, I'm not going to mention his name because who knows if he'd want this talked about. He had this amazing talent. He was double jointed. We knew that because he would do these weird things with his arms and it was always fun to watch. He'd goof on, uh, you know, teachers by, I don't know, contorting his body in certain ways and to, just to get them flustered. But he could do something with his jaw too. I mean, he was like a rubber person. I remember he pulled out an apple, which seemed like a very normal thing to pull out of a mystery lunch. But again, sometimes it would be yummy. Sometimes it would be yucky. And I remember him putting the entire apple in his mouth at once and biting down. Oh, and, 
it wasn't a crab apple. It was an apple. And then, and then that got him sort of on the bill to perform I at lunchtime. No yeah, who knows? But what it did is it got him to be a popular lunchtime performer as well. So I launched the careers of many uh, freaks and geeks, as it were, <laughs> through Mystery Lunch. Wow, that's really cool. One of the great things I liked about Joel, you, you hinted on, he, you know, Joel has this great intelligence about him. And his humor can seem very subdued, but there's always such an interesting take on where he goes with it. Well, I would recommend anybody. You're absolutely right. And we're running out of time, so I can't delve into too much. But I would recommend to anybody listening, go onto YouTube, type in Joel Hodgson, H-O-D-G-S-O-N. Look at his old clips from Saturday Night Live, David Letterman. You'll, you'll understand where we're coming from and hopefully we'll appreciate the bizarre and creative humor of uh, someone who I considered a comic genius when I was a kid, and, and I, I still do. Oh, he, he most definitely is. You know, when I was going back and seeing where the MST3K phenomena is now, it's unbelievable in how they've been inspired, you know, they've been imitated, but, you know, you, you just got to go back to the original. And if I may really quick, you know, it's funny where people can go see MST3K other than the live show, which in the North Bay area, there's a ton of shows that are from Folsom, San Jose, Frisco, and uh, Modesto. You can tell I live in L.A. I refer to it as Frisco. Yeah, don't, yeah, don't do that again. If you go to the website, you know, they've got the 24-hour channel on Twitch, and then they've got the new seasons on Netflix, and they've got other stuff that you can go to Shout Factory TV, look at. There's another network called Pluto TV, which I'm not familiar with. So, Bob, I got to cut you off. What you're saying is there are plenty of places. I'm sorry to cut you off. We are running out of time. But I, but I want to thank you for setting that up. I want to thank you for being a great uh, editor and sometimes producer of this show. And I want to have you as a guest one of these days because you're up to all kinds of fun things. You're a filmmaker. You've got very creative projects. And I look forward to having you back on. So thanks for joining us, man. Sure. Talk to you guys later. Okay. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Bob. Bye, Bob. Bye-bye. Well, Lauren. Yes, Judd. Another example of broadcast excellence. I don't know. I shouldn't use that term. That that belongs to someone else. But happy to see you. Happy to have had this show. Happy to reflect on some good times from my childhood. And um, looking forward to more fun in the future here on Judd's Napa Valley Show. Same with you, Judd. This is Lauren Bull speaking for Judd's Napa Valley Show. A Gillamar production. Judd's Napa Valley Show.